is film like milk. Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's. Mm. Damn it. Leche. <laughs> Whole milk, skim milk, medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we discuss movies that have gone bad over time. I am one of your co-hosts, Paris Herbert Taylor, and with me is Mr. David Rogers. What's happening, Paris? What's happening, my guy? Not recording together in person at the moment, but still happy that we have the option, you know, as we come out of this thing. Exactly. We're here. But David, (laughs) speaking of coming out of things, um, (laughs) what, (laughs) what is the film we are talking about today? We are covering, but I'm a cheerleader, 1999, directed by Jamie Babbitt and screenplay by Brian Peterson. And the story was also by Jamie Babbitt. Jamie, and whose turn is it to do the synopsis? That would be you. I did oh. Waterworld. Okay. This movie is a uh, LGBTQ plus film. It's about a girl who is just a very much an American girl, you know, American Pie, white, is a cheerleader, has two very, like, Christian-loving parents, and they basically have an intervention and send her to what is a conversion therapy camp where she's taught about uh, how to act like a lady and how to not be a lesbian. And boys and girls are separated. One side wears bright pink, one side wears bright blue. And it's very, you know, stereotypical. And she actually does come to find out that she's a lesbian. At first she didn't know. And she falls in love with one of the other girls who's there and gets kicked out of the program and has nowhere to go and teams up with some older gay guys who are like rescuing the kids escaping from this conversion therapy camp. And then she comes back and tries to save her love and spoiler alert, they ride off into the distance. So yay. (laughs) (laughs) Yay for love. Well done. Good synopsis. And this was the first time you and I had both seen this movie, right? Yes. I didn't even know this movie existed. Right, so I had, I mean, I was probably, I was in grade school when this movie came out, Okay. so you're probably. But I saw, I've seen it on a bunch of like 8 era 90s lists, um, like movies you should watch or from the early 2000s, and mm-hmm. I had no idea what it was about, I only knew the name of it, and I, I recognized Natasha Lyonne from Orange is the New Black and Russian Doll, amazing actress, and I was like... We should do this. And it's Pride Month. So, spoiler, this movie is, as I mentioned, about the LGBTQ plus community. And I think it's really important to say at the top of the podcast that David and I are huge allies of that community. We believe love is love. We both live in West Hollywood, which is such a hub for the rainbow community. And we're just fans of um, equality, essentially. Facts. Yes, we are. So, David, this movie. We didn't know what it was about. Right off the bat, what was your first impression, like in the first 10 minutes of this film? I thought it was kind of wild that they set her up to go to this conversion camp. Like her friends. Michelle Williams popped up out of nowhere. Yeah, she had a little cameo in the the beginning. Yeah, and I just thought like, wow, to be surrounded by your friends and your parents walk in and be like what's going on here and they're like oh we're sending you to conversion camp right i thought that was like pretty bizarre to start this and movie. i th- i think because you and i both didn't really know what this film about i really couldn't tell where it was going because in the beginning 
it was very much like I think this the film has like that element of like the 90s rom-com so you get it and you're like oh okay this movie some familiar faces from back in the day and then yeah it takes a turn and speaking of famous faces I mean I was thrilled to see RuPaul Charles in this you know uh RuPaul icon and hilarious that they have him in a straight what does it say straight is good his shirt yeah and he's pretty much the conductor or leader of this group of teenagers and he's whipping them up into shape basically yeah. and he's, he's like, like the lead and he's yeah. like i myself am a former gay you know and he's there <laughs> with the bright pink van to take natasha leone's character to megan to the conversion camp and it's just i mean it's just funny as hell i think yeah yeah it's he, he legit popped out and I was like wait a minute this has got to that's RuPaul for sure mm-hmm. and then I went and looked he does I didn't notice right away mm-hmm. and he, he's got some decent acting chops I think so yeah yeah I thought he was great I think everybody in this movie was great I mean it's definitely interesting to read some of the reviews at the time and to know that this was the director Jamie Babbitt's first fe- like first feature film you know mm-hmm. and uh Clea Duval who plays the love interest She wasn't like hugely famous, but she had just been in a short of the directors. I don't know if you read that. I just think it's really cool that like a lot of these young people were coming up together, right? Like they were, they were growing, but at the same time, it's like, you can kind of tell, and I was sort of reading into it, like Jamie Babbitt as a first time director, some of the acting I think was a little bit like, you could tell it was like some of their first like feature films. Yeah, it was interesting though, because the backstory with Jamie Babbitt, she had that short, they went to Sundance and she Mm -hmm. actually got financing Mm -hmm. for this movie. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to get that short done so they, and they wanted this screenplay done Mm -hmm. so that they could pitch it while they're at Sundance. So she showed some hustle by doing totally that. Was, and yeah, and i heard i well i read that clea duval actually was responsible for a lot of the people being in this movie like she was friends with um natasha leon which helped her think a lot with their chemistry in this film like it's yeah. very you can tell that there's like a friendship there already because wasn't she originally supposed to be the lead there, uh, when, uh, clea? when yeah when jamie was sitting down with her that i saw yeah. that they're sitting down at some coffee shop yeah and they're kind of talking about this and she wanted Clea at first. But I did like it how they use Natasha as this like kind of prissy cheerleader mm-hmm. dating a popular football guy. Um, and Jamie said that she, she always wanted to tell a movie about a girl who really embraces her lesbianism, mm-hmm. not just ride off in a motorcycle at the end. Mm-hmm. And she's still a girly girl. And she just wanted to separate the idea of gender and like sexuality. So 100%. And that's, that's interesting because... You know, when people are coming out, they don't have to fit in a certain box. Yeah. Right? Well, she she like, she says that. She says, tell me how to be a lesbian when she finally escapes the conversion camp. And I yeah. wrote that down as one of my favorite sort of moments in the film because this older gay guy is like, oh, honey, there's no one way to be a lesbian, you know. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Like, I love the portrayal in this of, and I, I do want to get into it more because I think the guys didn't have as much of the diversity, but the, the women, the female characters in this really ran the gauntlet of like within the conversion camp. Like no one was like necessarily your stereotypical, like butch lesbian. But an interesting thing was that there is one girl there who looks more like what you would call stereotypically masculine. And she's, she comes out as being heterosexual. She's yeah. like, she's like, but I'm straight at the end. She yeah, really, her name was Jan. Yeah, Jan Phillips, and she had a little mustache to mm-hmm. start. 
she's got like a butch haircut. She wears like baggier shirts. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she has this breakout in one of the group sessions. She's like, just because I look this way and act this way doesn't mean like I'm gay. And she said she wanted like big, she wanted a big penis or whatever in her. And she kind of starts crying and storms off. Yeah. But I think, so. but I think it's, you know, and that's kind of poking fun at, well, like, you know, it's flipping it on its head where it's like someone's coming out as straight in a gay conversion camp. Yeah, but because I, they put her in a box because right. the way she looked and the and, way she acted, but it doesn't mean she feels this way or that way. Yeah, you and can't I peck somebody. and I do think that this movie taught, like is basically smashing that. It's like you don't have to fit into a box to be who you are because you've got like a goth girl, you've got like a really uptight sort of like rule follower, you've got like the bad girl, and then you've got like this ultra girly girl who's just like so, you know, such a a caricature of the American. Uh, cheerleader girl um Mm. so yeah i I think that's interesting and i i want to give jamie babbitt massive props because she basically said that she made this movie because um she had read this article about these conversion camps but also you know as a queer woman herself she wanted to create stories that were you know not your typical like lesbian story and i think it's really important to address the time period that this happened this film was made 1999 2000 And around this time, like the LGBTQ plus community was, I think, becoming more prominent, but there was still a lot of homophobia um, at the time. And I read that a year prior to the film um, being made, the this like alt right group had spent like six hundred thousand dollars just putting like, you know, ads in the paper about like how being bad, uh, gay was being bad and like all this stuff, which is so crazy to think about now. Yeah, it's insane. Did you look up? conversion camps at all i did i did a little bit i saw i don't i saw an article from 2020 and i don't know if it's the numbers change now but i saw that only 19 states in the u.s had outright banned conversion camps yeah but even california it's banned where you can't have conversion camps with anybody any minors basically and you can't have therapy or therapists at conversion camps trying to change anybody that's under the age of 18. Okay, but so they still exist. Of, but they the still ex- they still exist, and there's also um, there's ways around it. So they might not tell someone you are wrong for being gay, but they start they ask questions like, "How do you feel about?" Yourself? You know what I mean? And they start pushing people mm. towards a certain where they want them to go to try to make them feel bad for who they mm-hmm, are. Mm-hmm. And so they're kind of getting around the law by doing that. Mm. I watched this little documentary that Vice put out. Oh, interesting. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty wild how some of these people spend their time trying to change somebody who's, you know, you should just be who you are. But then I also saw part of the same documentary. There's also, um, there are some older men, they weren't teen, they're, you know, grown ups that go to these camps because they're embarrassed about their sexuality. And some of that was rooted in religion. Some of that was rooted in um, guys that were maybe. Some were molested as kids, and they're feeling different ways about it. So it was kind of interesting seeing, you know, some of these people are going to these camps because they're ashamed about their sexuality. Mm. But which I I think, I think, I I think we see that in RuPaul's character, right? Like it's sort of like, you know, a lot of this movie is is rooted in self hate, and they even have these sessions where they talk about the root of like how. They became gay, which is you have to say your root. You have to say your root, and there's one character yeah. that can't figure it out, and he's like, "I don't know why I'm gay," you know, yeah. and it's just like 
so interesting the way they put this like psychology on these kids in this conversion camp like you know understanding why you're gay and it's like dude you're just born gay you know like and but they're like trying to pin things on people like our main character she says maybe it was because her dad was out of work for nine months and she saw him emasculated like it's so just the stretch of their imagination to try yeah. to get them to where they want them to have their mindset. But I was and thinking the, about this. And the shame people, too. The shaming. Yeah, and shaming people. And they were just like outright shaming people, which was awful. And they had their group go to that uh, couple's house who mm-hmm. were ex-conversion therapy workers that jumped out. But um, you mentioned earlier, like you're just born gay. There are people that are born gay, but I think there's also people that discover that whenever in life too, right? So some, somebody could feel some way growing up and then they could be attracted to another sex. So that's what I'm just trying to say. Right, Everything right. doesn't fit in a box totally. with that as well, too. Sex, you, sexuality like people, is such a fluid ex- thing. Exactly. So, you know, I know people that were definitely born gay and it was hard for them to come out, people in yep. my life. But then, you know, if, and it'd be more than okay and I'd love anybody else who but at that's some what, point came see, out. See, what I thought you were getting at is like... And I think that the the thing that we talk about in this film that's like very, it's the it's the thing the root you know like where they're trying to figure out how they became gay or what turned them gay like you yeah. there is this faction of people that believe that it's um na- it's nurture not nature so I'm not a scientist but I do have a gay brother and a trans sister and I've always thought that we are just born, you you know, like, and I know some people like you're saying, like they discover it later in life, but I don't think that anything turns you gay. No. No. Like, so this movie where it's (laughs) like, they're trying to figure out the thing. It's like, they just are who they are. And there's this, the the thing about that everybody should know about this movie is that it's um, a satire. So everything is like pushed, 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 but it's, it's, it's almost like holding up a light to when something's so, you know, crazy or like people are saying things. So there's this beautiful moment where uh, this guy, they do these tests and this one guy fails. Everybody passes the straight test and the one guy fails and he can't believe it. He cannot believe that he's the one that failed. And this other guy is trying to build him up. And he's like, you're so, you're not just a sissy because he calls himself a sissy. You're not just a sissy. You're nice and you're kind and you're beautiful and you're sexy. And it starts getting a little off the rails. And the guy's like, I don't want to hear these things from someone who's just like tricked everyone into thinking that he's straight. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's really beautiful moment, but it's also really, really sad. Cause it's, it's kind of going back to the shame that you were talking about. Like these people want th- this particular character, the one that's giving him the compliments, his name is Joel. He says throughout the movie, I just can't wait to be straight. I just want to be normal. And that's just heartbreaking. Yeah, and trying to work on it with, what was that? Natasha's character, Megan. Yeah. Yeah. And they were coupled and they had to play house yeah. and do these things. And see, oh, I should have got you the cake. I'm an idiot. Oh, you're, yes. You're so with good at Cl- this. With Clea's character. Yes. He, she brings it over. Was that? Okay. That yeah. was her. And, the, okay, and then gotcha. you're right. And he goes, you're so good at being straight because she pretends that she has a crush on him. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, right. Yeah. And, and that's, it's so sad. And like, the, you know, we were talking about like they sit around at the tables like on the first day and... Uh, it's Rufio, it's freaking Rufio from the hook. <laughs> and he's like, uh, you know, it just feels so good to say like out loud that I'm, I'm gay, but I, I can fix it, you know, cause he can't tell his buddies on the, on the wrestling team. It's just, 
everything about it is just like rooted in secrecy and shame and you know wanting to be a certain way because that's what society expects from you and you brought up i wrote that down to the timeline of this movie mm-hmm. and you're talking about uh, some the high school i went to and people i knew just in my city we had four high schools i don't think people were very open Mm-mm. and coming out and then on the other side i think it was a lot of it was due to people like bullying people for being a certain way or thinking people were a certain way and it's you know, I think we've come a long way and kids in high school and in mm. grade school are a lot more open and accepting of people just because they know this is, no, this is just my friend. Right. And it's not, they're this way or that way. Right. And they don't shame them for it. Yeah, no, I think, I think the kids now, like I know that they're more open, you know, and yeah. they have, they have access to things that we didn't have access to in high school, like TikTok and, you know, Instagram and stuff like that. And that's how people are sharing information for good. I mean, also mm-hmm. for bad, but I think, you know, it kind of seems like in this film, all of the characters were from pretty conservative type backgrounds, right? Like we had like the ultra Jewish guy. And then we had, um, our main character was wearing a cross and she was like, I'm a Christian and all of this stuff. Yeah. And it, it seemed like everybody kind of came from yeah no they they never overtly said like every single person here is like religiously based but it was definitely like families that expected you to be a certain type of way yeah you had uh melanie is it linsky hillary she oh yeah was the, yeah the australian she, yeah she's australian she's great she's been in a a lot of stuff mm-hmm. over the past few years I like her a lot. She stuck out to me too. And she was a great character. Obviously as an Australian, I was like, Oh, they've put an Australian accent in there. And I have to say, Melanie did a pretty damn good job. Like she didn't really slip. Um, but who, who was the actor that she was a little more Gothic? Yes. I looked her up. What was her name? Hold on. I looked her up. Her name is, is it Sneed or yes, Sneed or yeah. Catherine town. Yeah. 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 Um, so I don't think I'll just, when you're speaking about backgrounds, they don't get too much into her background, but Mm -hmm. I don't feel like she's from anywhere. Super conservative, super conservative or wealthy. They definitely went into, I think Graham is Graham's parents are really well off. Millionaires. Yeah. Yeah. And they wanted her to be, back. yeah, they want her to be straight by the time they got back from vacation. I guess, um, the reason I bring it up like with the, the more conservative background is because, um, that's typically, you know, for religious reasons that people are, you know, afraid of homosexuality, not necessarily, but now you raise a good point. Like they didn't really say that overtly. So it could just be someone that like, you know, is feeling the pressure to fit into society or something where we've been set up as like a heterosexual society. And which at the time, yeah, isn't very open to everybody. Yep. But I think that's another reason why Jamie did such a great job, the director, mm-hmm. on being inclusive with this movie and having people from all different walks of life totally that are, you know, part of the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was great how she, and like you said, it is satire, but she had a ton of people from a ton of different backgrounds, ton of walks of life. Yeah. And they were all in the same position dealing with the same similar issues with their family and friends, people that should just be accepting of them and, you know, love who you love type thing. And they were being sent to this awful place and, where and her also, character had to use shock therapy. 
every time she was feeling well, a certain way. She was using it on her vagina. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I, but the <laughs> fact that that existed, right? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, because no, Graham I mean, even Natasha, did it to Natasha once, I think. Well, Natasha Leone's character, when she sees what it is, she goes, that's barbaric or something like that. And it is. I mean, you know, we did Return to Oz where they're using electromagnets yeah. on people's brains. And we're like, oh, my God, that's crazy. Um, and, yeah, they've basically got these little tasers that they're... And that's real, though. I... Part of this documentary, oh, yeah. I watched this kid. It was heartbreaking. Yeah, they had to put he put ice on his hands, and then he was shown erotic pictures, and they would electric they would shock him with electricity. Oh my and god! And like put like needles on his hands and stuff like that to try to <gasps> I don't know shock his way out of being who he was. And oh my like god, these that's kids so are up. on the edge of suicide. Like kids of teenagers have killed themselves sadly yeah. because of camps like this shaming this so them and forcing up. them to think they're wrong when you know they should just <laughs> parents and family around them should just be caring for them just as individuals that is so yeah up. so this is um, based is a lot so of this, some of the stuff it is satire but a lot of that stuff's based in reality well she kind of made it more like um like a rehab like halfway house right like that's kind of the the concept here it's not there is no like religion to it um, it's very stylized, the house that they go to for this therapy. Like, all the rooms are so bright. Like, the yeah. girls' room is bright pink. It's like a Tim Burton uh, movie, almost. Yeah, I was going to say Wes Anderson, Tim Burton. Um, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Her mom, I think, ran a, uh, like, a rehab center called the Turning... What's it, for what drugs. Is it called again? Yeah. Uh, True, Direc- True Directions? Yeah, yeah. Jamie's, and so, like, the, Jamie's mom. Jamie's mom's yeah. the director so they're kind of making it like this is like um yeah like alcoholism or something that you can just do the 12-step program and then you'll be straight and even when you look in the movie they've got these charts where everybody like has the different stages and they've got they get ticked off and on one side it says you know heterosexual or homosexual on the other side it says heterosexual and it's in theory like every step you take is one closer <laughs> to being hetero yeah and then they, um, and they have the simulation were they, I was gonna bring up the simulation. Yeah, how that was really was that weird. When so weird. Having fake sex basically, and he's showing. It's the final stage yeah. in the five-step program, and they basically are dressed in skin-tight suits with leaves over their private areas. Like Adam um, and Eve. So there Adam is a little style. bit of a religious factor. Okay, there. so that yeah. yeah, and then they get on the bed and simulate. And it's that was probably one of the weirdest part of the movie when yeah. she's calling it out and she's like, "Now his love muscle is inside you," and it's like, "Oh my god!" And somebody asks about up. foreplay, and she's like, "Real men get in there, plant their seed, and get out, or something like that." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Foreplay is for sissy. Yeah. And the guy's like, "Oh god." <laughs> Look, there were some funny moments in here, and it's. I think it's okay to laugh because it is a dark comedy, but I think the message behind the film is really important. And like everything you've said about the documentary is like, I have to go watch it now. But you know, that's not to say that there aren't some light moments in this. We do have a beautiful love story in this film, um, which I love. Uh, Clea Duval, I feel like in every movie I've ever seen her in is just the same angry sort of character. I was thinking to like back to like, she's all that. So she's like, I loved her like journey, her character's journey, how she was kind of tough and then she kind of softened up and then she got scared and pretended to be like more straight to please her parents yep. and then ran away in the when end. When Natasha was the one who accepted a little bit more and she ended up leaving and then, mm. yeah, Graham, her character, 
Yeah, it was still there. And that was such a sweet moment at the end when Natasha's character came up and started doing the that, that silly cheer. Yeah, because that's her love her language. Her love language, yeah. And just saying like, hey. And then she literally said, I love you. And jumps in the back of that truck. And then you had Graham run after her, jump in the back of the truck. And they start kissing and they drive off. Very, yeah. Very sunset. 16 candles. Very yeah, like 80s they're, they're the movie. graduate. Yeah. Stop the wedding but, type thing. But I think, you know, the whole point of this movie was to show that, like, you can live out loud, but there are people who choose... The the two um, older gay characters in this who kind of act as, like, the mentors, you know, they say, like, you just have to make a choice. You can either live out or you can live, you know, hidden. And basically, this conversion camp is teaching people how to be hidden. And all these hoops that they have to jump through, like, they know they're not straight because... Uh, Clea Duvall and Natasha Leon's character they have a kiss and they know that they're into each other and they like and then later they make love like it's just so crazy which reminds me of something I read what mm. did you see about the rating for this movie yes she cut two things and it was still rated R but as oh, today's wow. standards she was saying it should be rated G because they only use a couple swears Mm-hmm. and it's not gratuitous. The sex mm-hmm. scene doesn't show anything. But she did have to edit that because, um, yeah, she, she made a very very valid point yeah, as well. Yeah, but still that, like, they didn't show anything. She was saying, like, it's in the dark, right. and she even fought back a little bit, and she's like, well, I'll lighten it up. They still weren't doing anything, mm. in, even though it's in the dark. And she was basically saying that two women couldn't be shown in a sex scene mm-hmm. together at that time and that's why it more, was a R yeah. it got a R rating. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I know that she edited down the masturbation scene. Um and you again, you can't see anything in that. She's just in but she cut it down and and she sort of said in a couple of articles that like people are so much more comfortable with like male masturbation, the female masturbation is still considered like more raunchy, which is that's just sexism like yeah. straight up. Sure um is. yeah. But how did you feel about Kathy Moriarty's character, Mary Brown, the teacher of the school? She's, you know, ch- training people to be straight, and her son is like this super flamboyant groundskeeper. <laughs> yeah. What's the name? Do you Rock? think she, <laughs> Rock? Do you think she was like blind to him, like it was too close, or do you think she was like still trying to like train him, and that's why she? I had think she knew, the, and that's why she was doing what she was doing, because right. somewhere in her backstory something happened she thought it's wrong and to see mm-hmm. rock the way he is she catches him with his headphones on like cutting the grass or something like that and mm-hmm. he's dancing <laughs> oh there was she's he banging was on the window he was one of my favorite characters there was a scene where he was drinking out of a straw and she's like what did i tell you like <laughs> chug it like a man yeah. he's got this cocktail with a curly straw and he has to throw the straw away and he's like crying as he chugs his cocktail and it's interesting to see that dynamic because growing up for me, seeing guys with dads telling dads calling their sons like sissy or don't do something like that. You know what I mean? Oh when it's goodness. but to have a, a woman and you saw that more in film as well, like the father telling the son, no, toughen you're up. wrong. Toughen up. Don't do this. Don't do that. But to see a, a mom son dynamic, I thought it was a very interesting choice. Yeah. I, I, it was definitely a deliberate choice. It's great, obviously, great um, dynamic between those two. But I thought it was interesting that he didn't seem to be under the same amount of pressure as everybody else there, you know. Because he wasn't in the program. 
Yeah, but it's like, I don't know. She, she was just like, she was a funny dynamic character. I liked Mary Brown. Um, but, you know, it was almost like she was inviting temptation for all these kids. Like she puts all the girls in one room and all the boys in one yeah, room. Yeah, that's a, right? that's And then she, she's got this like guy, her son walking around who she knows is like handsome and is like, definitely not 100% straight and so it was just like it was so funny it was like the double standard or something <laughs> those, I don't know little last shorts he was wearing yeah and the, yeah everything was kind of over the top like he was said. like he was out there with a rake just rubbing the top of this like <laughs> yeah. rake and yeah. all the guys are like <laughs> just staring at him even uh, RuPaul's was, character was like oh yeah well RuPaul I feel like was like sub. <laughs> they had like history but yeah. Everything in this movie, like they, you know, another thing I was going to talk about was like everyone in this movie is so obsessed with sex, except these poor kids who like just aren't that obsessed with sex. Like they're just, you know, like all the adults, the women are in the room like vacuuming and it's so sexual. And then the kid, the boys are supposed to be learning how to change oil or something in the car. And like RuPaul's under there and they're all staring at his crutch because he's like, who wants to get some oil in here and go in hard? And like, <laughs> Which is you know. like another, it's a 90s movie, right? Basically. Yeah. And she, Jamie Babbitt said she wanted to make a gay clueless. Mm-hmm. So you get, okay. you get all those that. things where teenagers coming of age, things are a little over-sexualized. But yeah, it's your, what you're saying is they were just like, hey, you guys are thrown in these over-sexualized situations. And that, yeah, there is a stigma I, too in the gay community i think for outside looking in that they're very over sexualized and i i don't know if that's necessarily at all true no everybody's different exactly you know so and it's that's like saying i don't know group of boys at a basketball camp are over sexualized because Mm. they they rent a porn one night you know what i mean it's you're just throwing one group yeah. And saying, oh, they're this way. I, like what? And I mean, Natasha Leone's character, she gets to the camp and she's never had sex because she's religious. And then um, they're prompting her. They're like, well, what about when you look at boobs? And they're bringing up all the sexual stuff. Yeah. And then she's suddenly is like, oh, my God. She suddenly like thinks like she was just so innocent. She's like, everybody stares at girls. And they're like, no, not the way you do. And then they almost like force her to have this like sexual awakening Which, just in that moment. And and. <laughs> who says it's on them to do that to her, right? Like that should come right. naturally for her. And right, th- yeah, they're she hadn't figured herself out yet. It. Yeah, she hadn't put two and two together. So she's got this boyfriend in high school, and she doesn't enjoy kissing him. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't enjoy kissing. That him. was that was off putting when they made up. That was a it was, was, it was like a washing machine. Yeah, and her I eyes are gross. open the whole time, and she's just and she's basically like, just has her mouth open, and she's like, yeah. maybe he's not doing it right. <laughs> which i was like yes <laughs> but Michelle also Williams. you're a lesbian yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it's it's two things babe. it can be both <laughs> it can be both well how how would you feel if your parents and friends had an intervention and were like oh you're a lesbian honestly i'd be devastated i mean she, they don't show her being so upset also she's so excited to go to cheer camp and they basically fuck up her plans yeah like but she can't go with her friends um yeah of course i would be devastated because like you want to just like the the great thing about parents is that they should be making you feel like you're good as you are like you're you're the best so like that doesn't that's any way that i am you know like like being me sexually is not the same as being addicted to drugs which is harming me like i'm just living my life so yeah i'd obviously be devastated that would never happen in my family because my parents are pretty pretty accepting um they've got they've got the whole spectrum yeah <laughs> you know yeah that's that's what, good though 
What about you? Do you think that, could you have seen this happening in your family? Not in my family. So my little brother's gay. And I think it was a little kind of off-putting for, for my dad a little mm-hmm. bit at first. Um, but I mean, they're like thick as thieves. I don't know how much tension there is, or sorry, there was at the time when my brother really felt comfortable coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, like when he came out when, to me, I was like, yeah, man, I, I know. Like, it's all good. When, when was it? Like, and that's the wild part. I know I was out of high school. I think he might have been close to being out of high school, but like it doesn't even register to me because it was just like, yeah. okay, you're, you're my, just but my that, little that's brother. How, that's our straight privilege too. It's like we never had to have that like conversation where we're like, hey guys, just letting you know. And I'm you're straight. absolutely like, right. But if ho- there's one day, hopefully, if people let all this bullshit go, it'll be gay privilege or whatever. There won't be any straight privilege or gay privilege because people won't have to worry about right. coming out. They won't have to worry about somebody not accepting them. It's just going to be, yeah. Oh, yeah, man, this is me. So what's up? So that's what I'm kind of saying to my brother. Like it, nothing skipped a beat to me, but I do remember being at the table, he, me, him, and my dad, our dad. And he, like he started, my dad started hinting at it. And my brother said, I didn't see this conversation going this way. And then that was the end of the conversation. So I knew where it was going, oh. but it just kind of stopped there. And then eventually... My was your dad like pr- prompting? Like he was trying to like pry a little? or is Not just- prying, but he was trying to... And I don't know if he felt more comfortable like with me in the room or having my mm. little brother feel more comfortable with me sitting next to him. You know, I don't like, it was kind of thrown on me too. I was like, what are we getting at here? Right. Like, I know what's, what's happening here. And what's I'm going just, on. But and I, just, I, I yeah. and I don't remember what I said, but I said something like, Hey, you know, like whatever, it's fine. Right. Like to, he, he right. doesn't need to talk about this. Right. And that's kind of what I, that's kind of what I said. And that, and then the kind of conversation was over because it's, you know, it's, it's interesting because I feel like my dad, who is a very liberal person, like was a model in the 80s, like has had friends from all walks of life, you know, lived in China before there was the Internet and whatever. And my mom is obviously so, so welcoming, too. But I do feel like my dad, it took him like one beat longer. And I, it's interesting if it's, you know, sons and fathers. I don't know if like maybe that gener- our dad's generations just aren't as comfortable talking about I th- sexuality. I think it was an understanding thing, not a place of, mm. I don't accept you, you're not my son type thing. Right. It was more, right. explain this to me, I don't kind of get it. Right, yeah. And, and, and that was my dad yeah. too. It wasn't like a, a hatred thing. I think he just, my mom was like, oh, I've known about, it's funny, my youngest sibling came out first and then, she transitioned later on. But when he at the time came out, my mom was like, huh, that's interesting. I always thought it was your other brother. And then when Kipling came out, <laughs> I was like, oh, there it is, yeah, you know? Yeah. So it's funny. Like she said, she always kind of knew, which is interesting. And I haven't had too many discussions with my siblings about it because it's honestly, you know, none of my business. Yep. And if they ever want to bring it up, they can. But I know Kipling and I have had a couple talks over some beers and he was like, he said, I think he was around like 11 when he was like, oh, something's different here. You know, because like, again, same with this character in our movie, like kids aren't always obsessed with like what's going on. They just are who they are. They're not yeah. necessarily thinking about sexy stuff. And, you know, and I, I think for me, it's because I'm biracial. I grew up around a lot of like white kids got called the N word multiple times, got in fights because of it. So my mindset was always like, oh, I, yeah, I'm a little different. 
and then you mm-hmm. see what I'm getting at? So having my little brother be or feel like he was a little different, like I got. It's because yeah. I had a similar situation. I don't know exactly because, yeah. you know, I'm not gay or bi. Um, yeah, I'm straight. But to to kind of figure like his shoes, you are yeah. you are different than or people are telling you you're different. That's what yeah. I'm kind of getting at. And I yeah. was told I was different growing up. So I was right. just like, man, fuck it. Like you, you're just my little brother. That's it. Yeah. You know, I love you. Yeah. I care about you. So I feel like that's my mindset with a lot of this stuff. And mm-hmm. like one of the notes, just like love who you love basically. And it mm-hmm. shouldn't matter. And I watched this, um, I watched this YouTube video, like a review. And these two women were kind of talking about the same thing. They had struggles when they came out. One of them had to like mm-hmm. run away for a couple of years. And then now she's cool with her mom, but just, I think we're moving in the right direction with totally. including people and just being like, and it's not sexuality is not as much of an issue anymore because you know, somebody like, I, I think it's still, I think, I think the next, I think the next forefront of it is acceptance of different um, genders and non-binary and like, you know, stuff like that. I think I love to see, you know, more representation of trans people in film and television. Cause this, d- this did not have that, um, which, you know, that's and not a criticism. Jamie not, said that. Right. Yeah. Not, not every movie can cover like every single thing, but yeah, I think I'd love to think that we're still, you know, moving forward, but it sometimes seems like, you know, certain communities will suddenly flare up and be like, Oh, we don't serve people, you know, gay weddings or something like that. Yeah. So. And then it's good that, we have people in the world now that speak up for, for other people. This movie came out. If you think about it as well, like I think Ellen came out in 1997 and that was a huge deal, you know, in the film industry. Um, Yeah. Just in entertainment, entertainment, you you know, so, and also a horrible thing happened at the same, around the same time. Um, I don't know if you remember that, but um, there was a, a gay boy who was killed and strung up. Do you remember that? Was he dragged? Yes. Okay. Uh, it was uh, Matthew Shepard. Matthew Shepard was murdered. There was a lot of like homophobia and stuff like this. And so, yeah, I just, I mean, all of this to say, I think that Jamie Babbitt made this film at exactly the right time. And I know that films have come out after this that aren't satirical and like, you know, take a deeper look in it. But I think that this was such a good way to like talk about how fucked up things like conversion camps were. And And I even read an article that said like, she never for a second, even though it's like funny and there's like all this crazy stuff and it's very campy, she never for a second lets you forget that the characters are going through something exactly. super traumatic, yep. super traumatic. So, um, of course, like at on the age, like milk podcast, we love to go deep into things. Like the first time I watched it, I was like, Oh, this is like a funny, silly movie. And then the second time I watched it, I was like getting, you know, like yeah, all the holy shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when this they make actually them, really fucked up. When uh, she makes the kids make signs and go in front of that couple's yeah, house. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, and and you know Graham what it reminded me of? Rock, because that guy yeah. saw her at the club, and he mm-hmm. hits him. Great shot. And she's like, I don't want to get in trouble for being at that I, club. I thought it was horrible because it reminded me of like when you see kids at like, um, you know, rallies, uh, like that one religion that like they go pick at gay soldier funerals. Um, you know, like. Uh, I know that's an oddly specific, but I think I can't remember what they're called, but like, um, yeah, it's just sad when you see a kid holding a sign that has something so hateful on Mm -hmm. it. And it's the same with this. It's like, and they were taught that hate. Yeah, exactly. And you can, then you can see where the hate comes from, right? Like if it's bred down. 
Yeah, it's so crazy. It's, it's like in their mind. Right. But I just hope one day, and I hope this happens in my lifetime. Probably won't. But like, nobody gives a shit about what anybody else is doing if it doesn't hurt anybody else. Like you're minding your own business. People are living their lives as they should, yeah. being happy. As long as people around you aren't hurting anybody, you know, like get to know that person. You guys could be really tight, you know, instead Obviously. of just pointing something out that you're uncomfortable with or you don't know much about. Do you feel like you know people from your life, like that maybe that you went to school with or something that are still like homophobic? Or do you think most people oh, you know definitely. are? Yeah. You think so? Oh yeah. And then I even have, you know, there's, there's family members from really yeah like that i've spoken with and oh look this is that and that's not right and i'm like just wait wait until you know one of your kids comes out or somebody you love comes out and then interesting because Because you're 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 going to be forced to look at that in a certain light and say well this person still somebody i care about but you just pointed out something in the movie too which at the very very end like after the first two credits i think it's like the director and the producer her parents we see yeah natasha leon's parents at this like rally and the guy the dad who was like if you do this you can't come home and he was so uncomfortable you know she they went to this club and he can't even say the word cocksucker he's so uncomfortable (laughs) you know um and then at the very end you see him at this like meeting for you know allies and stuff like that but and I love that. That's very hopeful. But it does annoy me sometimes, like what you just said, where it like somebody suddenly becomes like not homophobic when their own child comes out. Yes. But that's that was to my point. That was my main. That was one of my arguments, because a lot of those people you can't talk to. They just feel that way. And then I'm like, well, reasons why. Oh, well, just because yeah. they're not supposed to be like that. Um, nature doesn't work that way. There's a ton of queer th- things in nature. Right. If you're, yeah. t- you're going to talk like animals or so anything, many, but if, oh my God. if you love something and then you're going to, if they suddenly say, Hey, I'm this way, you're going to stop. I doubt they're going to stop loving them because right. of that. they're going to have to be forced with that feeling to be like, Oh, I was probably wrong. And they're right. going to have to make amends with that relationship. Yeah. I feel like I live in such a bubble, David. Like I, you know, grew up in a very like liberal part of Australia uh, for a couple of years. I lived in Hong Kong, which was like most Oh, not most, a lot of my mom's friends when I was growing up were um, people from the LGBTQ plus community. And like, cause I did a lot of theater and we just had like, and then, you know, now I live in LA where every, you know, it's entertainment, like everybody's mm-hmm. gender fluid at this point. And so I don't know anyone that has these, these like beliefs. And so sometimes, and this is me living in my liberal bubble, when I watch a movie like this, it does seem like crazy you know no, i mean i obviously am definitely still out there but, but but and i'm like an intelligent person and i know there's wacko homophobes out there but like yeah i think it's it's always good to watch movies like this because it's you know in my world like every everybody's been so accepting and my sister was yeah we were like great you know new name awesome and then there are families that it's just like just utterly unacceptable yeah and i had this feeling but this is just kind of the way I like made up my mind and don't want to say like freak any younger people or anybody who hasn't come out yet or anything. If you're just different and you feel like your parents or people that care about you are going to treat you a different way. To be honest, my mindset is like, well, fuck them. Cause, but I can't tell them how to feel right. Because they maybe have a really impactful relationship 
with parents, yeah. significant others, and they may be so worried about how they're going to feel if they express who they are really that right. they're holding on to that. My my mindset has always been like, man, fuck it. I'm just, <laughs> I'm me. Yeah. You can either roll with me or not, yeah. but it's not that it's, easy. It's hard. It's hard yeah, for some people. And, and we, we were also raised with the ability to say that, you know, like having the ability to say that can be such a privilege. And I think what this movie says, even though the director is clearly like, you can run away, run away. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's the two options that these kids are given. You can live this life and walk this path and not be who you are. And by the way, if you choose that path, that's completely fine. No one can tell you if you don't want to come out or you're not ready to like say this is whatever, you don't have to, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's your life. But if you do, that's also okay. And people will still love you. And yeah. But just accept, I would say, if you don't want to verbalize it yet, just accept some of your feelings that you're having and don't because yeah. it's hard like you said when some of these people well you these, see it in this movie they're, they're are, struggling yeah but the i'm saying who... people that get like we said little kids get brainwashed and they're out there holding signs right. and if you're told this is wrong your whole life you're going to have yeah. these crazy conflicting ideas and thoughts and feelings in your head and it's it's going to be hard to get over that but you know you just hopefully work your way through it or find people that you can talk to and express a little bit about it. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I can't imagine that that struggle and yeah, there's, but there are people that they can go to. I'm sure there's outreach groups like hotlines, all that stuff that they can, uh, you know, go to have those conversations. A hundred percent. And, um, I think that you should always know that there are resources out there, you know, and that there are, people to talk to and people who love you and and who can I mean you know we're about to we're celebrating pride this month in West Hollywood and pride in West Hollywood is like the best have you been David I have not it's so fun um everybody's so joyful so much love like everybody comes and dresses up and it's just you know like it's it's important to celebrate that um because originally when pride kind of began it started off as a riot I don't know if you knew that I didn't yeah, it actually started, I don't want to misquote and I don't have it in front of me, but I watched a documentary or not a documentary, a film about um, some of the first Sydney riots because Sydney has a massive Mardi Gras and a, like a pride parade. And um, it's, I think it started off with, yeah, I mean, definitely clashes with police, but I couldn't tell if it had started in San Francisco. I'll have to Google it or someone will have to tell me. But yeah, um, it wasn't, it wasn't easy to celebrate being uh, LGBTQ plus. And how, and it still boggles my mind, and I don't really use that word, that it's such a struggle for people to be who they are in this world without other people telling them they're wrong. It's It, it, it amazes me. It's pretty damn crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are lots of resources, and I'll, we'll mention some at the end. But uh, David, what do you think... Um, was your favorite part of this film? My favorite part of this film was the the general feeling that I think Jamie Babbitt and Brian Peterson wove throughout. That like acceptance and be who you are. That's the overall feeling for me for this movie. Like <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan just of it as a film. 
Oh, really? Yeah, just just because like for and no, what, I'm tell just, me, tell just me why. for entertaining. Tell me why. It it wasn't as inter- that entertaining to me as a movie, mm-hmm. right? I'm I love the uh, backstory of this. I love how she put this together, and mm-hmm. I love the the story of it and the the meaning of this movie. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's huge. As far as like entertainment value. I'm just, I was like, it, you know, it's an okay movie for me, but yeah, I love yeah. the message of this movie. Right. Yeah. No, I can see what you're saying. Cause I, there were moments of it where I felt it was a tiny bit slow for me, the story, but, um, that's because so much of it was built on looks and physical. I was going to say my favorite part of this movie was the contrast between the set design, which was so crazy and the the seriousness of like what was actually happening how fucked up it was it was like another little nod of like a wink to the audience where it was like they were dressed so ridiculously in like you know shiny suits and shiny dresses and then it was like they were having the ceremony and it's like a really fucked up situation like why is everybody there having <laughs> celebrate like what so graduation really day loved, basically yeah, yeah I really really loved that um I thought it was really great so David yeah. what else final thoughts about the final film. thoughts about the film um so a variety interview i read with jamie babbitt mm. she was talking about um racism in making movies mm. and there's this really cool story she said for sure there's like sexism homophobia but she said there's a systematic problem is racism and that's just comes down to filmmaking because every position in filmmaking on the lower side um, pays pays low and jobs are short that there's no advertising for them so there's Mm -hmm. only way to break in is either do it for free or know somebody so when Mm -hmm. she needed an assistant they they're like oh yeah we got a we got thousands of people and she's like no I, i got this i'm gonna go on craigslist and she hired somebody in atlanta that she really liked and they, they just totally hit it off and that person crushed it and she she hired a you know an African American assistant and she wanted her crew and people on set to be just as diverse and inclusive as people in the film. So I that's another that. reason why I'm saying like I really appreciate her and yeah. how she did this movie. And she was able to even look at like you get greenlit for your first feature. And you're like, nah, I'm going to hire my, I'm going to go on Craigslist and get some diversity in here. That's interesting. And so was she saying that she posted on Craigslist because people because, not from the industry go go there? Well, yeah, exactly. And it's not just like a, mm. you know, some people in like a corporate world call it like a boys club where it's just all your friends, right. even if it's like women. So like women's hiring like uh no i know corporation you hire your friends you know somebody so you only bring those people in and that's that way of hiring you don't get diverse candidates so she was saying in the film world it's only oh i know this person i know that person which they're probably all white people because that's Mm -hmm. who they knew that's who they constantly worked with and she said nah let me do this i got this and i love that i i love it and i want to steal it because Mm -hmm. you know one day hopefully i'll be in a position but I know for a fact that it can be a little bit of a club. You know, I'm an assistant in the industry and we talk about diversity all the time. Like a lot of people can't afford to take the low paying jobs or the internships. So it's definitely, um, I'm glad she acknowledged that. Like it's certainly, there is a barrier to entry for some people in this industry and it sucks. Did you have anything else? Yeah, I just, I wanted to just say that like, I think it's really important to celebrate queer filmmakers, especially this month. And I, you know, I'm sure we'll do more 
I think it's kind of good that we watched it and like it didn't necessarily talk to our experience, but it's always important to walk a mile in someone else's shoes. And we really got to see that here. Um, And I also want to say that like, I was really impressed with the diversity of casting. I know it could have been a little bit more, but I was really happy that we had um, lots of different representations and we kind of touched on that earlier, but I think that was awesome. And we did not see a lot of that in the nineties. You and I both know (laughs) (laughs) we've covered, we've covered a few titles from the nineties and it's, uh, it's not always that way, but this is a collaborative process and it takes a village. David, who did you have right. for Well, show? I mean, you could probably guess by now since how much I've talked about her. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going Jamie Babbitt. Just mm-hmm. from everything I've read about her, I'm, I'm standing for her. This is the first time I've ever heard about her. And mm-hmm. so I'm glad I'm glad you chose this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, some, she's got 77 director credits. She, yeah. she did Russian Doll. Um, mm-hmm. She Which directed some marvelous show. Mrs. Maisel. She nice. did like eight episodes of Silicon Valley, The nice. Orville, uh, nice. Always Sunny. So she she's still crushing it. She's actually doing um, an episode in post production right now, A League of Their Own which nice. we should do that movie at some point. But yeah, yeah she's just crushing it. I love, she, she did this like in her 20s and for yep. her to just really hit it home with including people from all different backgrounds in, in this creative project, I think she's amazing and I'd love to uh, be in one of her either yeah. movies or any episode she she shoots because I think... So we, did, we didn't really touch on this, but to your point, like it, she crushed it, but... At the time, this movie was panned, apart from uh, Natasha Lyonne, who was widely, like, critically acclaimed, because this actually premiered at the Toronto Film Festival, and people were like, what the fuck? Like, it was essentially ahead of its time. Mm -hmm. So Jamie um, also hired a lot of women on the crew, I noticed. Um, So she's been kind of a trailblazer, it seems like, and... I just think it's really funny that like this has become a cult classic and it's got like 46% on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics, but it's got like a 74 for the audience. Yeah, so. You got to watch when you look at those numbers or those percentages, who's really yeah. <laughs> criticizing these movies. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What about um, you? But, yeah, I'm going to shout out, you can probably guess the production designer, Rachel Cameraman. Um, such great production design in this. Just so bright and silly and it was almost like every set was kind of a character in in that scene you know she has done a couple of other things but not too many to be honest national lampoons van wilder and uh this film is not yet rated which i was like is that the name of it or is that (laughs) it is um so yeah i'm not sure what she's up to these days i would love to find out i'll have to do some more digging but um oh i guess she's been doing television i lied um but yeah the fosters and good trouble but um i'd love to see her do another movie that would be really cool yeah Yeah. that's cool um but yeah oh i wanted to share so there's an organization called the trevor project which is for the lgbtq youth um you can find their website at the trevorproject.org they have a um hotline 866-488-7386. That's 866-488-7386. You know, David and I have said it a million times on the podcast, but you are loved, you are important. And if you have, you know, worries or feelings of harm, self-harm or anything like that, 
you definitely should reach out to someone because we all want you here and there are people here who can talk to you. Exactly. Just uh, reach out. It seems daunting and thing to overcome. I mean, you shouldn't have to overcome it, but uh, just, just start. Just take a little step in the right direction. Get some of that stuff off your chest and out of your head and it, things, will, things will start feeling better. And yeah, you do not, there is nothing quote unquote wrong with you. Mm -hmm. You do not need to go to a camp to be any other type of way. No. So everything you're feeling, yeah, everything you're feeling is extremely normal and we want you to um, be around. So yeah. And this is kind of a sad thing at the end, but you know, it has to be said, this movie brings up a lot of things and um I'm curious to know, David, do you think that the film has aged like milk? So uh, I was thinking about this a lot because we do these at the end of every episode. And it's like, do I really like this movie? Did I not like this movie? And if I don't like this movie, does that mean it aged? Right. I was going to say, because it it's, it's, it's kind of they don't line up necessarily. Exactly. It doesn't always have to be that way. So mm-hmm. would I just throw this on just for like entertainment value? Probably not, but I do mm-hmm. not think this movie ages like milk. I think um, Jamie really put a stamp on the film industry with this because some of the articles I read, there was nothing like this before mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. made this. And to come out blazing her first movie to do this, something that was close to her, something that she, you know, came from her mind that she, she wanted to put out, drove it home. I'm so glad this movie exists and that mm-hmm. I know about it now. Uh, but I do not think it aged. I think it's like, I was, I was trying to look up like um, enzymes in milk. Like this is an extra en- <laughs> enzyme that, you know, wasn't like the best tasting, but it, it made me feel really good. Okay, right? so it like so made like, your bones bones Exactly, strong. like it did something positive for me. <laughs> but I'm like, eh, you know. <laughs> but yeah. It yeah. didn't taste the greatest, but I'm glad yeah. I drank it. Basically. Okay, yeah. that's funny. See, you? I was I was thinking, yeah, I wish that this movie had aged like milk. I wish the idea of a conversion camp was so crazy. But unfortunately, we still live in a world where these things exist. And if they don't exist outright, they exist in a sneaky way. So I do think this movie is fresh. I do not think it has aged like milk because it's essentially addressing a thing that is still very real in certain parts of the world. And I would like to revisit this podcast in 10 years and find out that it's all done. Do you think Jamie could make this same movie today? I think she could. I think she could make it today. And I think she could push the envelope even more because we have different things. Like, you know, she could make it really raunchy if she wanted to. Really go for that uh, that real R rating? (laughs) Yeah, why not? Um, Instead of like a flower slowly opening. No, they don't do that. But, you know, that was the euphemism. Or like a rocket ship taking off yeah. or whatever. Um, no, I think she could make it. But I think one of the things that's beautiful about this movie is that it is, she did have to kind of like pull it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so instead of having like a sexy rump fest, you've got this beautiful love story about friendship and figuring out who you are. And yeah, so great job, Jamie. Um, yeah. I, I'm glad you shouted her out. Cause I also was going to say like the, her producing partner, Everybody on this movie like crushed it. So, yeah, I'm glad it exists. And I'm glad you exist. And I'm Yay. glad you exist. I love you, girl. And I'm glad our LGBTQ existed, uh, listeners exist. And, um, yeah, I won't get weepy about it, but it's oh, Pride fam. Month. I, I always get to feel a little feelings because I just love it when people love and they are who they are. Mm-hmm. But 
yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Please reach out uh, to us if you need us to help you find any more resources or if you want to suggest a movie. Um, I love making this podcast and, yeah, I love having our listeners. But, David, you should check your fridge. Make sure that milk isn't sport. Gross milk is gross. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye, and everybody. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>